From Centered, welcome to the Take Root Podcast, where our purpose is to share testimonies that encourage you to deepen your roots of faith. Join host Karen Johnson to hear stories of those who have experienced God directing their own lives to a deeper, engaged faith. Well, hi, friends. This is Karen Johnson here with the Take Root Podcast. I can't believe it's been a year since I launched this podcast, and season one is a wrap. I have absolutely loved sharing so many amazing stories, and I look forward to sharing many more in season two. My prayer has always been that these faith-filled stories would be an encouragement to others in their own faith journeys, and it's blessed me beyond words to hear from so many of you how a Take Group podcast made a difference in your life. Some of you decided to start counseling after listening to Anya Phillips share the healing she's experienced from childhood trauma. Others have begun volunteering at Medical Teams International, Providence Heights, or as coaches at groundwire.net, where they're reaching teens with a message of God's love for them. Others have sought forgiveness after listening to the podcast with Steve Largent, and many are enjoying watching The Bible Project, which brings Bible stories alive in such a creative and understandable way. That's at thebibleproject.com. I'm just so thankful to hear of the impact these podcasts are having in many lives. So I want to say thank you for listening in and for sending me feedback. I'd love it if you would take a minute to rate and to share the podcast so many more people can listen to these amazing stories that God has written into the lives of his children. I do want to let you know we'll be taking a pause before starting season two. And um, I look forward to sharing many more stories in season two of the Take Group podcast, beginning in the early fall. And as always, I pray that these will continue to strengthen our roots of faith in Jesus. From Ephesians 3.17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And now I'm excited for you to meet Bob Lonick in this episode. Uh, just a heads up that there is a bit of construction noise in this one, so please forgive that, and I hope you enjoy the story. God bless. Well, hello, friends. Today, I have the privilege of introducing you to a special friend of mine, Bob Lonek. This wonderful man was a senior vice president at Young Life for 32 years, then the chief operating officer at International Justice Mission. Following that, he was the CEO of Krista Ministries for 12 years right here in Seattle. And now he is president of Bob Lonick Consults, where he shares from his lifetime of experience and wisdom to mentor executive leaders of nonprofits. In his book, Live Large, Seven Lasting Lessons for Navigating Life's Twists and Turns, Bob offers very personal stories from his life lessons he has learned that he now passes on to the next generation of leaders. And by the way, that's all of us. So welcome, Bob. Great to be here, Karen. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, I'm just so excited to have the opportunity to share your story. So how about we just start with, share a little bit about your history. How did you come to faith? And what is that story like? Well, I want to start with a conversation I had two days ago. We got invited to have lunch with the sons of Mike Martin, who were the founder of Krista. And one oh. of them is married to a French lady who is oh. a phenomenal cook. So they had us over just to say thank you. And then the with one of the cousins. So there's three Martin boys. Huh. And we were talking. And I said, you know, my biggest question, guys, is why me? 
Why have I gotten to do all this stuff? My life's been filled with certainly challenges and difficulties, uh-huh. but I've gotten to travel all in the world. I've got to do all this stuff. And here I am kind of a Croatian deadbeat family from Aberdeen, <laughs> you know, all blue collar guys. Nice. And um, why me? Yeah. And you know, Mike Martin, the son of Mike Martin Sr. said to me, Bob, you're asking the wrong questions. Hmm. Why not you? Ah, there you go. So, you know, God spoke to me. I thought, well, okay, Lord, I'm saying thank you and just saying it the way it is. So that's beautiful. Yeah, I met the Lord in young life. Uh, I never had been to church in my life. Uh, My grandpa immigrated from Croatia. I was born in Aberdeen. Seven boys in my dad's family. And Seven, two, wow. Two girls, all of them blue collar. None of them went to church. I think there was always some black secret in the background that is hmm. none of them, you know, and then Croatia is a very Catholic country. And, yeah, yeah. But I never could ply it out anybody. So then we moved to California and a guy named Bob Runyon came on the campus at Clayton Valley High School. There was no young life. Hmm. And... Um, he grabbed five of us, five buddies. We were just kind of the, I don't know, I guess they were looking for the worst pagan guys or something, you know, and uh, they <laughs> want to go to Malibu. It's free. Yeah. And he showed us one of this movie. It's an old time movie, which I've seen before at the time. I'm thinking like, wow, that's amazing. Hmm. Everybody's swimsuits totally covered them up. And, uh, <laughs> so, but we went, cause I thought, well, you know, and he said it was a Christian camp. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was like, hey, yeah, I'm an American. Uh, I guess I'm a Christian. Yeah. And you know, the four of the guys I went to, we all met the Lord. And later I found out, you know, well, one of them was a Catholic, one of them was a Baptist, one of them was something else. And we never talked about that, ever. Yeah. Wow. But, um, you know, went to Malibu, heard four talks, tried to get every out of every one of them. The unlikely leader <laughs> traced us, you know, traced us down, dragged us in. <laughs> And then at the end, he lined us up the last day outside the cabin and said, uh, one by one, you guys got to come in here. And he brought me in there and said, um, hey, what'd you think of the talks? Oh, uh, I'm great. They were great. Hmm. Well, what'd you think about Jesus? Oh, I think he's great. Well, is there any, listen, listen to what he said. Is there any reason you can think that you shouldn't give your life to Christ? Huh. And he had me. I couldn't think of a reason. I didn't know enough to have a reason. Hmm. And so he said, well, just pray. So we prayed. Yeah, yeah. And after that, the next week when we got home, these five guys and I started a Bible study hmm. with the Young Life Leader yeah. who immediately made us memorize the Navigator's topical memory system. Oh, wow. And, um, but n- we never went to church. And I can't ever figure out why the guy never said go to church. Huh. Don't, you know, didn't say go to church, but never went to church. But he said if she should go to college. So th- that's the beginning. Because huh. it set me on a on a on a course that I would never have dreamed of in my life. Yeah, yeah. God knew all along, didn't he? That's yeah. Amazing. Totally. That's amazing. It, it's a good lesson when I listen to that. That's a great question to ask people. Is there any reason you shouldn't? Can you yeah, think of it? It's yeah. not, that's not a pressure filled question. Mm-mm. Like you're going to go to hell or anything. You know, that is an invitation of 
what have you got to lose? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any reason not to kind of like, yeah, yeah Pascal. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had quite a diverse career path. I, I, I'm reading back through everything that you've done. And like you said, why me, but why not you? And how did that all come about? You know, I often think that somehow I may have been the most stubborn person or the worst person to actually God want to do this because I didn't get the messages very clear. And I feel like, you know how C.S. Lewis said he was dragged kicking and screaming into the kingdom. I was dragged kicking and screaming to every place I went. Literally. I mean, my young life leader said, you got to go to college. And I'd nobody been to college in my whole entire life. He was a Westmont guy. It was a you know, at that time, Westmont was really conservative. I didn't even know what conservative was. Went to Westmont. Yeah. Graduated from college. It's a great college. That's the height. Of, yeah. You know, now it sounds pretty good on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went, you know, it was 1967 when I graduated, which was the, the height of the Vietnam War. Yeah. And I wanted to go into business. Hmm. But I was leading the Young Life Club. And my Young Life leader called me and said, hey, if you come on the Young Life staff, I could get you out of the war. Oh, my gosh. Because every draft agency was different. I don't know how he did it, but he did. And I said, oh, God, I hear you calling. Yeah. So that was my great call to ministry, stay out of the <laughs> Vietnam War, you know. And literally, I thought I'd do that for two or three years huh. and then go do something else. Uh-huh. I tried to quit a, a lot of times. Huh. One time I went to the regional director and said, I, you know, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm kind of a developer kind of person. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of tired of the area director job. And the only other job is your, you know, your job. You're the regional <laughs> director. And so, I, you know, I'm going to quit. Huh. He said, oh, I'll give you my job. Oh. I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, he was moving. And oh then he, he said, got around to talk to me. So, you know. I did that. I was a divisional director as a vice president. I supervised Young Life in Asia and the former Soviet Union countries and, you know, all of the Western United States, all this stuff for 33 years. Wow. And every time I was raised in an in a era when my boss would ask me to move, I'd move. I thought uh-huh. that was kind of God's voice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, when I was in Oakland, leading a bunch of, uh, I loved it because it was a bunch of really cross-cultural experiences, mostly with African-Americans, which I love uh-huh. and learned so much. Uh-huh. But I had just finished remodeling the outside of my house because my dad was a carpenter. I can do carpentry work. Hmm. Just finished it, took all the shingles off the outside of the house. I'm putting up the last shingles. Hmm. And Bob Reberts, my regional director, drives up and said, hey, we want you to move to San Jose. Oh my God. <laughs> So I just oh said, okay, God. you know, that's the way it was. So I just went whenever. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was my young life you know, section. I, I just, I think it's so cool that you knew your identity. You knew what you were good at and that you needed to move to a new position or somewhere else. That's, that's pretty great for somebody that age because you were pretty young at that time. Yeah, you know, um, I think the theme now, when I the theme I I I have, unfortunately, it took me a long time to look back and put all these pieces together. But here's my calling. To, because I've always been sort of honest with myself, I think, and mm-hmm. 
transparent and uh, sometimes that gets me in trouble. Um, but um, I, I look back and I think my journey is trying to separate for myself and then learn how to do this with other people. The difference between religion and following Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Christianity, I'm actually thinking of, <laughs> I never thought I'd write a book, you know, my book, my kids, my kids told me to write the book. So I did because it was COVID and there was nothing else to do. To right? do. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I may write a book called The Way. Oh, I like and, that. And um, because that's, it is for me, because I, you know, I'm not being raised in a Christian home. Yeah. And then being in young life and, uh, you know, all the conservative Christians, I remember we'd take kids that smoke to to club and mm-hmm. they go, what do you got those kids going for? And then mm-hmm. the, other, the, oh boy. the liberals were going, what are you guys talking about Jesus for? Yeah. And um, to separate this, what does it mean to walk with Christ? But not, not only that, and then I, when I figured that out really clearly for myself, mm-hmm. And then I went through, you know, one of the chapters in my book is about my divorce. It was the worst experience of my entire life. I was completely blown away, out of commission, thought I was going to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I learned that God's ways are not our ways. Hmm. And I spent the rest of my life trying to figure out, okay, if my natural resources, and I think the other thing, Karen, that I have, I was... I was blessed with a lot of talents, especially to be able to do young life. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think in, in some ways they were also my worst enemies. Hmm. And uh, because you could kind of do them, you could become a professional young life person, you know, Uh Uh yeah, you were good at leading songs and you could be funny and you could, you know, whatever. And uh, I can remember a lot of times standing up there and talking and I knew what to say, but I didn't feel it. Oh. And um, other times I did, but I, I, I really went on this journey. And then when I started working for IGM and later for Krista, I sorted through like, and like I say, that's what my book's about, right? Like first yeah. chapter is like, be still. I am not a still guy. You yeah. know, I'm like a go get it guy. What's next? Somebody t- laughing yeah. told me they said hey bob you're always going to what's next even if you don't have something to do <laughs> like, i'll make something up to do right we have that in common i have that verse uh beautifully uh, framed on the wall in our bedroom to remind me god's been working on that on me for a long time too yeah so but that that whole idea of what it means to really walk with God, you know, and yeah. hear his voice. I know some of your other podcasts have been on that, to hear yeah. his voice yeah. and then go do what he tells you to do. Yeah. yeah. And see the miraculous stuff that happens. Right. Right. And sometimes the way you get into trouble, but it's the right <laughs> kind of trouble, right you kind know, of trouble. And you're trying to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know that's, let that's me ask, you, sorry, excuse me, no, but let me ask you, because some people, when you say that, or when I say that, listen for God's voice, what is that like for you? Because that can sound pretty woo-woo to some people. Oh, yeah, you know, well, it started when I read the Bible, you know, almost every time you read part of the Bible, guys, guy says, well, God told Abraham to go to, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And I say, I never heard those. 
So yeah. God's voice to me is not an external voice. I cannot hear that. I made the mistake in a little smaller group. I said, when I was talking about my book, mm -hmm. I said, you guys hear God's voice? They'll go, no. Hmm. I go, oh, what about thoughts in your head? Do you have thoughts in your head? <laughs> oh yeah, I got all kinds of thoughts in my head. <laughs> so to me, you know, in the, the second chapter of my book, that's what I talk about, like, like learning to discern um, what's God's voice, mm -hmm. which I learned that the, the most clear way to define and hear God's voice is that he never condemns you. Yeah. He never shames you. That's so he true. never says anything bad about you. Yeah. And the reason for that is only when you accept his unconditional love, do you lay down your life for him? Yes. And I'm always trying to figure that out, you know, because then something will happen. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, does God love me? Because I'm pretty good at beating myself up occasionally, which is the other voice, right? It's me. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I don't know. You know, yeah. I only, that's a problem. I only know what I, yeah. <laughs> what I do. And then, you know, so it's, it's God's voice, my voice, or the devil. So we're discerning. We're discerning and learning how to listen for yes. the words Absolutely. of truth that he speaks. And those are always affirming words about who we are. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes, and they also they also always agree with the the Bible, the word, yeah. you know, yeah. of God. Yeah. It's that's sort of the checkpoint. Yeah, yeah. So you've written this wonderful book. It's kind of a tongue twister to say. <laughs> <laughs> Second part: Live Large: Seven Lasting Lessons for Navigating Life's Twists and Turns. Um, what you 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 share a little bit about the personal moments. Um, out of that, a few of them, where you felt like God changed your life. You know, really, every one of those seven chapters hmm. are one of those instances. Now, some of them are more dramatic. Yeah. You know, I told you, and it's actually one of the funniest stories and wildest stories is the time I was at Malibu. Oh, yeah. And, and some kid, you know, came down late at night and said he was going to cast out a demon in this girl with their girl counselor and of course I'd never done anything like that and I was you know maybe a regional director at the time or something and, yeah. and I'm like oh, we don't do that Jimmy and Jimmy's like yeah so you know hmm. write a book and read it if you want to hear about it yeah even being cast out but I was like that was a powerful story I was just kind of open you know and that by the way that's the only experience I've ever had like that and I've traveled all over Africa and all that stuff you hear but right here at Malibu where they say it, that's a place where God shows up all the time. Amazing experience, but talk about a life change, right? Like I never doubted there was a devil after that. Hmm. You, know, you can yeah. talk to you <laughs> blue in the face about, oh, I don't know, you know, and I've had some people say, um, I don't believe in evil. Hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Look around. Hmm. I do. And I believe in Satan because I've felt them, seen them, experienced it. Yeah. just once yeah and um so every experience then they so you know like you said my granddaughter kiva the first chapter be still is mm -hmm. a sweet yeah. story you know but but it agonizing for me like with a little girl sleeping on your lap and you forgot to take a book to read <laughs> and you prayed your 15 minutes of prayer and she's still asleep after 45 minutes and you're going what am I going to do and finally you go oh okay let me see if I can talk to God maybe that'll 
keep yeah. me busy. Yeah. And that was life-changing, life-changing to be still and listen. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, you know, uh, every chapter was like that to me. That's why I picked those seven chapters. Mm -hmm. What I would do is I'd come home from one of these experiences mm -hmm. and I'd talk to my kids or my grandkids. I'd tell them about it because I wanted them to know God's ways, you know, yeah. or not our yeah. ways. Yeah. And uh, so then when COVID came, they kept saying, Dad, Grandpa, you got to write a book, man. Those are great stories. You got to write yeah. a book. I'm like, oh, I don't write books. <laughs> Come on, Grandpa, write that book. We want to get them in. And then my youngest son, who had Kiva, said, Dad, you got to write the book. Because mm -hmm. guess what? Kiva's going to read that book when you're not around in about 20 years from now. So yeah, that was motivating, huh? Yeah. yeah. And it was it was pretty hard. That was one of the hardest things I ever do is just write the book because I don't consider myself a writer. I get a lot of help. And yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing to me in reading that story about Kiva that so this is your ninth? Ninth, yeah. It's two years old now. Two years old now. But that is an incredible story, really, because you went from all these um, positions of great leadership, great organizations doing amazing work all over the world. And yet one of the most powerful lessons you've learned was not being busy and holding that little baby in your arms and singing to her and having her fall asleep. And tell us a little bit more about that as this man who has done, always been on the go. You just shared a little bit, but go a little yeah. deep, go a little Thank deeper you. on that one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, people always ask you, how's retirement going? You know, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I was a million mile flyer on United when I was with Young Life. And then I went, you know, and you, you pile up the miles when you're going overseas with IJM yeah. and yeah. Krista. So, yeah, I'm a doer. You know, though I forget what test it is, I'm a an achiever. That's what I like doing. I like building things, developing things. Mm -hmm. And I have this office, which is one of the bedrooms we reconverted so I could have an office, mm -hmm. even though I didn't have anything to do at first in the office. <laughs> but, you know, that's where I now, they gave me the, this chair I love from Krista, and there's a big, it's a big uh -huh. leather chair. And, uh, that's where I'd go in because it could close the door when I would walk. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. funny, the little things, my oldest uncle in Aberdeen, Uncle Butch, <laughs> he would walk the babies. Oh. He would walk the babies. And I can remember saying, because he, he was one tough dude, right? He rolled, rolled his own cigarettes. He was worked mm -hmm. in the lumber mills, but he walked the babies. He walked the babies. And I thought, wow. I want to be like him when I grow up. Well, oh, that's a story. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so then, you know, she, I just learned and she would fall asleep. And at the same time, of course, I was also inundated with nothing to do. I could go fly fishing, but you got to drive to do that. That's my pattern. I build furniture. I like to do that. My garden, I like to do that. It's not enough to fill my what emotional needs or something to yeah, yeah. do something or hmm. and so one the other thing that happened during that time is Kathleen and I my wife who is um, just an amazing woman we sit on the couch every day and talk and pray and read uh -huh. so we picked a different you know so far in the first almost two years I've been retired we've read through the whole bible wow and talk about it you know 
Because huh? there again, we didn't have time, you know, and sometimes 20 minutes and sometimes it's an hour. Um, so we were, I was getting into the quiet discipline of talking and, and then Kiva came about because see, I think the thing that I learned with Kiva, okay, sitting on your lap, you can pray a lot for a lot, for a lot of people, right? Yes. You can start praying for everybody. I'd pray for lots of days. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, God, what do you want? Not my will be done, but your will. Yeah. And so that's how I pictured prayer was a conversation with God. But it's more than that. There's a third thing. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is sitting quietly in his presence. Uh -huh. And so, especially when we read through the book of Revelation and other things, I thought, okay, quietness, quietness, where nothing's going on in your brain except for, and I started trying to picture what God is like. And then I learned, well, the most important thing for me to know is that God's in my heart in the in the Holy Spirit he's right here yeah and I've I, I start learning little things like I you know I used to put I used to pray well Lord uh, please show up hmm. and I'm like what I don't have to ask that no you don't <laughs> he's right here what was what was I thinking yeah you know? So these little truths again kept pouring into my mind huh. and uh, oh my gosh, you know, there have been times in these two years. Uh, one of the things I prayed, you know, because I think because of my divorce many years ago, I, I probably had this real failure thing about marriage. So I wanted to make this marriage totally everything I could see. And I probably tried enough humanly to do it. And then God said, just look with Kathleen, look to Kathleen as I look at her. Oh, that's and I'm thinking, oh my God. So that's a message. So then hmm. I'm sitting there on the couch with Kathleen and I look her in the eye and I just sit there and I start bawling. Oh. I start bawling, right? And I'm like, Kathleen's like, what's the matter? What happened? What's the matter? <laughs> I said, well, I prayed that God would let me see you with his eyes. And I see you. Oh. I see your courage. I see your beauty. I see your heart for God. Of course, then she starts crying. And we had this amazing experience together. But but that was from just like, and and, and again, that sitting in God's deal, I've, I've thought about the simplicity of what God wants to teach us. Yeah. Like you're loved. I love you. Yeah. I died for you. It's a very complex thing to get deep in your heart because um, it stirs you so deeply mm -hmm. that you become ready to surrender everything to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would, I'm an honest guy and I'd say, look, God, just give me enough to eat. <laughs> hey, don't take my kids away before I die or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But all that pales when you come into the presence of God. Yes, yeah. And you're filled with that simple, like, well, God loves you. I mean, every church you go to, every Young Life Club, all that, everybody says that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a lifelong journey to drink that in. Oh, yes, it is. Absolutely. 
and it's only when we can sit in his presence and and see how he sees us too yeah you saw kathleen but we also need to sit in his presence and see how he is loving me yes and that's 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 the harder one for me actually it is it is harder but it's the critical thing because it's that kind of circular I love him, but I can only love him as much as I allow him to love me and that I can understand that and embrace that. And the first, uh, I told you about my young life leader, the first Bible verse, he, he made us memorize Bible verses was first John one nine. Oh. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Yeah. That's a good one. See, I know my own unrighteousness so well, you know, yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that can't be true. Yeah. But it is. Right? It is. Well, is there anything else that you'd want to leave us with, like a, a, a gem that you've, you've just shared so much about what you've been learning? What what do we all need to learn in this time that we're coming out of, hopefully coming out of COVID? What, any last thoughts you have around that? Well, thank you. I, I think... Um, I don't think it's hard. I think it's very simple to understand. You know, Jesus said, uh, my burden is light. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking, what is that? Well, um, today's world, in my view, and is, is people who are jumping over themselves to find truth, find love, find anything that will give them popularity or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we are grounded on the rock of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and his word. And you know what? Some of the stuff I don't like. Yeah. The truth, right? Like, all my money is his. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I don't like that. You know, but people now are picking and choosing what they like and what they don't like in the Bible and all that, you know, that's this and that and whatever it is. And like, there's a lot I don't like in it. Yeah. Yeah. But what is in it is so powerful. Yeah. So free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is a person. It's Jesus Christ. And you can spend your life getting to know him. Amen. And it'll set you free. So that's all I got. That's a powerful way to end. Thank you so much, Bob. I just appreciate you taking the time. And we've got a little construction noise in the background there. So we'll, we'll hope this. They're ripping down my walls, but thanks a lot. You know, <laughs> come through well. Love you. God bless you. Yeah, and friends, we're taking a month off at, uh, at um, Take Root Podcast. Uh, August will be a month off and we will reconnect in the fall. So thanks again, Bob. Yeah, bless you. Bless you too. Love ya. Yeah, same. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Take Root Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share. To learn more about Centered, and hear more stories of discovery and growth in Jesus, visit us at centered.org.